Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. This is Sam Tielemans, and I'm happy to have you guys here today because I want to talk about something that I think many couples can struggle with, which is being able to reintegrate and develop a healthy sexual relationship with one another after there's been betrayal. Now, for most couples, this is an area where they struggle already because it's such a sensitive topic and it involves so much vulnerability and there's a possibility of being rejected and hurt and feeling inadequate. There's just a lot that goes into this already. But then you layer on top of that a sense of hurt and betrayal and trauma and a lack of trust. And it can be very difficult to figure out how do you thread the needle of developing this relationship with one another, healing the trauma that surrounds it, knowing when and how to do it. I think it could just be overwhelming sometimes for people to figure out the process of doing that. And so today I wanted to talk about an aspect of this that I think can help to maybe, I hope, clarify things where people can get stuck because we want to be able to, uh, one of the things that, let me take a step back. So one of the things that's different about a sexual addiction is that with other addictions, you can just simply give up the substance or behavior. Like for instance, for gam- like gambling, I-, I live here in Las Vegas, gambling is a big thing, but it's not something that you actually need. It's not something that enhances a relationship. It doesn't enhance, it doesn't enhance anything in- individually. Alcohol, same thing, drugs, same thing. You don't have to redevelop a relationship with those things. But for food, food addiction or a sexual addiction, sex is such an important part of a relationship because of the function that it serves. It's a While, yes, there's a physical element to it, it's one of the ways for many people to, to, to give and to feel loved. And it develops a bond and a connection between a couple that can strengthen the relationship. And so it's not something that can just be simply avoided for the rest of the time that you're with this person for the rest of your marriage, for the rest of your life, it can't just be avoided because you're then missing out on such a key component of what helps bond couples together. There's so many neurochemicals that are released when when couples have sex, for instance, dopamine and oxytocin, which is the, they call it the cuddle drug. So oxytocin is one of the things that helps bond couples together. It helps them to develop a connection with one another. Oxytocin is released when, uh, when people hold, uh, like th- uh, through touch, skin to skin contact creates oxytocin. When a, a parent looks into the child, into a, a newborn's eyes or their own children's eyes, it creates oxytocin. When mothers breastfeed their children, it creates oxytocin, which is this, it's, it's this chemical that bonds people together. And sex is such a powerful way to do that. But when there's been damage done, like I said earlier, when there's been damage done and betrayal, then it's much more difficult to figure out how do you integrate this and put this in its proper place and develop a healthy relationship so both people in the relationship not only feel safe but are fulfilled by this. And sex can be such a source of pain now after there's been betrayal sexually that things need to be done first. This is not the first area that we focus on repairing. We have to first focus on rebuilding trust and establishing a connection and developing a sense of safety and building the relationship for then sex to be a a natural progression or a natural result or response to having the relationship in place first. One of the aspects that I wanted to highlight today is sometimes the question that people ask, well, how do I know 
for him or her that sometimes a question exists, how can I know or how can we know when his impulse or desire or the feeling for sex is rooted in addiction or is it just something that's happening because that's just how we are as people? We're, that's, we're, we're, we're sexual beings just like we are emotional beings and intellectual and spiritual. We have different aspects to who we are. And so having sexual desire is just a part of the human experience. And again, there are so many benefits for this in a relationship when it's used as it's meant to be used. And again, more specifically with regard to developing and develop, developing a closeness in the relationship, bonding, connecting, that's one of the benefits of having this. And so how do you know if the impulse of the desire is rooted in addiction versus just being alive, being a human being? I wanted to I wanted to really clarify this because sometimes women can think okay well if he wants to have sex how do I know that this is you know is he focusing on me is he with me is his mind with me is this rooted because he just hasn't looked at pornography in a while and then he just he needs some kind of a release or how do I know if this is something that's a result of him developing more connection and closeness and wanting to uh, connect with me in this way and so the way that I think about this and the way that I describe this to clients is I think it's rooted in one of two things. If it's rooted in addiction, there's a different motivation for it. If it's rooted in just being a human being or rooted in a desire to connect, those are two completely different things. But on the surface, they look like the same. What I mean by that is on the surface, all you see is or experience is a desire. Or if you're the wife, you might see your husband initiate, right? So it looks the same in terms of it being him initiating, but what is driving him initiating that connection with you in that way? What's what's the, what's driving the initiation for sex? Is it rooted in addiction or his desire to connect or just like a physical drive? Again, which is not addiction. I guess I want to kind of get into the weeds with this a little bit to help maybe clarify this for people because I think it causes a lot of stress to not know what's going on and how to properly understand this. Sometimes there's a physical drive, again, which is not addiction. That's just a physical drive. Sometimes it's rooted in a desire to connect. Or yes, while there's that physical element to it, it feels good. That can drive it as well. But the other side of this coin is if it's rooted in addiction, the hallmark in my mind as I'm working with couples, the hallmark of knowing is it rooted in addiction is identifying if it's being driven by the need to escape. So people turn to their behavior or habit or behavior or substance, whether it's a habit or addiction, if they turn to it because they're trying to avoid, numb out or escape a feeling or a situation, that's when I think it's motivated by some, by, by, being on the spectrum somewhere. So whether it's full-blown addiction or a habit or a coping mechanism, right? That's like, that is the number one thing that I'm looking for when I'm working with somebody is what is driving this? Is it a desire to cope or escape or avoid or numb out? That's when it's more connected with this continuum of addiction. And now the other side of that coin is if it's driven by more of either a physiological impulse or drive, or if it's driven by the desire to connect, those things are very, very different than addiction. And it should be treated as such. 
And so as I'm working with people, that's not a problem for, for people to feel, for a man to experience physiological dr a drive or an impulse or arousal. That's not a problem. I'm always curious, though, about the motivation behind it, because if it's driven by a need to escape, that then just gives me feedback for how to support and work with him. If it's driven by this other side of the coin that I'm talking about, if it's just like a physiological drive or a desire to connect with his spouse, that's completely different. And we can honor that and work with that as well when the timing is right. Because even though it's coming from a neutral or even a positive place for him with, again, a desire to connect, then yes, that's an important thing. And we want to have that in the relationship. Then the other element that we need to consider is the timing. Because even if it's coming from a good place within him, or rather a healthy place, I'd like to use that word uh, instead of good. If it's coming from a healthy place from him, that's great. That's good. Now, is she in a place to respond to that? And in the early stages of people's process of healing, oftentimes she's not. Sometimes she is. And it, sometimes it depends on the day. Sometimes it depends on the week. Sometimes it just depends on what's going on in, in terms of is he showing support and is he connecting in other ways? So there's lots of elements to this. But if it's coming from a healthy place within him, we then need to consider where is she in this? Because if she's not ready and there's any degree of pressure, I guess I want to emphasize this. Uh, I want to underscore this idea that if there's any degree of pressure that's attached to sex in any way, it just makes everything so much more difficult to reintegrate when the time is right. The last thing that we want to do is attach any stress or overwhelm or pressure to something that's already so sensitive, which makes it even harder when you want to reintegrate it again when it's time. So I, I can't underscore enough how crucial it is to focus on this particular aspect of healing in its proper time and in the proper stage. And so if this is driven by this healthy desire from him, we want to take into consideration and defer to how is she feeling now? Because if she's not feeling connected to him, I would never encourage somebody, well, well, it's been a while. Like, I think it's important that you integrate this now just because it's been a long time and it's not fair to him. I would never say something like that because we want her to feel comfortable. We want her to feel safe. And if she doesn't, it's just going to create more trauma and more damage. So for the guys who are listening, again, I, I get that sometimes this can be a difficult process for, for you. Because if you're working and you know your mind and your heart is in a different place, and you know that this is a way that you can show love and feel love from her, and you want to connect with her in that way, I get that that's, that's an important desire for you. But if she's not there yet, it's absolutely critical that we rele re release any sense of pressure and rather focus and channel your energy and efforts into how can I create safety for her? How can I build an emotional connection with her? How can I connect with her in different ways, help her to feel important, help her to feel like I'm here with her because of her? not because she's a body. I just, I want her to know that I love her and I, that she's important to me. When you focus your energy on creating that experience for her, she is so much more likely to feel comfortable reintegrating intimacy when it's time. Again, that's how you'd create 
That's how you create that space and allow that time to occur is through those efforts. So if there's any pressure or frustration or a resentment, again, those things can, those can be a, a, an understandable reaction, but it just does not help the relationship as a whole. It doesn't help her because then she feels guilty and pressured and it doesn't help him because he's carrying these negative emotions now. And so I want to circle back then to this initial question that many people have. Well, how do I know where this is coming from? And what do we do with either of these options? So if it's being driven by a need to escape, then it can be used in an unhealthy way. And we've talked in previous episodes about addiction in general and how addiction is, an addiction is because somebody has used this coping mechanism to get away from pain, to avoid and numb out their emotional experience, that it just becomes habit, and then it gets to the point where it's very difficult to stop. So anytime there is this impulse, I think one thing that each person can do, uh, maybe speaking specifically to the men first, when you feel this impulse or desire, or, uh, or if there's a physical arousal, you can then start to consider, okay, what is happening for me here, and where is this coming from? Once you consider that question and you identify, well, I'm having a hard day and I'm feeling stressed and I just want to kind of just disconnect and not think about anything, or I just feel really rejected and alone and unimportant or some negative emotion or painful emotion rather, once you identify that that is where it's coming from, you can then use these sexual impulses or desires as feedback to help you keep making progress and heal individually. So by taking a step back and considering where is this coming from, and if you identify it's coming from more of a, a an addiction-motivated place, or rather an escape-motivated place, then you can start to do your work to identify what it is and then take the steps necessary to resolve it. This is why I think it's very important to consider where does this come from, because not all not all of these drives and desires, like I said, stem from addiction. Many times it can stem from this healthy place of wanting to connect or if it's, like I said, just a physiological response to something. So just by taking a step back and identifying where is this coming from, then you can take the step forward to heal if there's a need to heal, again, if it's driven by addiction. On the other side of the coin, if you take a step back and say, well, this is coming from a place of I had a good moment with my wife. I feel close to her. I this is I, I want to be able to express my love in this way. It'll help me feel even closer to her. I can feel even more loved, loved by her. We can experience a, a greater degree of connection. Yes, I would like to have this experience with her. Now that's a completely different thing. That doesn't then mean, like we mentioned earlier, that we, we have to wait for the timing to be right. And if the timing is not right, we just want to put our energy into doing the activities and the things that help create the conditions for that to happen when the timing is right. And I know that sometimes many men can be hard on themselves, where if they feel this impulse or desire, they start to second guess themselves and doubt and wonder if they're doing the the steps that they need to, to in order to heal. And I, this is why I wanted to explain this aspect of it in this way to help separate out the two motivations because I don't want anybody to feel hard, like to, to feel guilty and be hard on themselves 
because there is a some kind of a, a physical response. And so in terms of how to navigate those moments, it's by stepping back, reflecting on where this is coming from, and then you can put it in its proper place. So if the timing is not right, you can just acknowledge the feeling, allow the feeling to come and go, because emotions are so transient. There's a neuroanatomist, I'll always remember this, neuroanatomist by the name of Jill Bolt-Taylor, Dr. Jill Bolt-Taylor, who is out of Harvard, and she said that emotions only last 90 seconds in the body. And so you might hear that, and when I first heard that, I thought, well, I know a lot of times people can stay angry or frustrated or upset or sad for hours or days. So how does that work? She went on to explain that emotions are a response to this chemical reaction that happens in the brain where these chemicals are put into the bloodstream and we feel a certain emotion. And if we do not continue to entertain those thoughts that created those feelings in the first place, if we simply don't entertain those thoughts anymore, then the, the, the chemical dump stops. It travels throughout our blood system for about 90 seconds and then they dissipate. And the reason why people often feel feelings for an extended period of time is because they continue to replay, they continue to replay these memories and thoughts and conversations in their mind that continue to pour these chemicals in the body. It's like a turbine, right? The, the, the thoughts are like a turbine to continue to amplify how we feel. So this is true whether it's with anger or sadness or desire or any other emotion. So if you take a step back and simply observe, where is this coming from? Am I trying to get away from something? Is this stress-related? Am I overwhelmed? Am I, am I disconnected? Do I want to numb this out? Mm, no, I don't feel any of that. I feel like I'm in a good place. It's coming from the other side of the coin. Okay, well, I can just allow this feeling to be here and I don't have to act on it. I'm not going to die, right? Sex, they talk about how sex is a need. Technically, it's not a need because you won't die without it, right? You, a food and water, of course, are needs. Sex isn't a need, but it's a drive that's important because of the function that it serves. Again, when the timing and the, the, and the context is right. And so if it's coming from a healthy place, you can then just observe it, knowing that this feeling can come and go within a couple of minutes by simply recentering your attention on something else. Because if I continue to entertain thoughts that produce sexual feelings, then I'm going to feel more of a desire. But if I can take a step back and then redirect my thought to something else or channel my focus or energy into doing something or thinking of something else, then those feelings naturally come and go. And so I want the point of my doing this whole episode is to help people understand that these impulses and desires, they can be both they can they can be such important feedback for where we are in the moment and if we're coming from a place where it's more of an unhealthy if it's rooted in an unhealthy uh, motivation we can again use that as feedback to then get our needs met specifically meaning these emotional needs we need to recenter ourselves if we're trying to escape something we then need to figure that out and resolve it instead of avoid it and then if it's coming from a healthy place, desire to connect or just a normal physiological response, we can honor that still. But by letting the feeling come and go, then you're going to be able to, again, not beat yourself up and think like, well, why, you know, why am I having this feeling? Is this because I'm not doing my work? No, it doesn't have to mean that at all, especially if you reflect on it and identify it. No, it's coming from this really healthy place and I'm okay. 
then you can allow that feeling to come and go and then continue to move forward down the path of healing. So I hope this has been helpful today. Uh, I'd love to do more episodes with regard to this topic because I know it can be a very sensitive uh, subject for many couples and not knowing how to reintegrate this. But I think at least for now, both him and her understanding that if there is a desire, then you can understand where is this coming from. And and I guess I'll speak for just a, a minute on, on her side. Because a lot of times, like I said earlier, it looks the same. Like she doesn't know where it comes from. It just is, it's just him initiating. So how does she know? You guys can then have a conversation about it. Because if he comes to her and says, hey, this, you know, I'd love to do this. And she then starts to feel afraid or nervous or pressure and think like, well, I don't know. Is this, is this addiction? Are you just acting out? And are you just avoiding something? You guys can have a conversation that can be very beneficial and connecting when he can say, hey, you know, I thought about that. And this isn't coming from one of those places. I feel like we're in a good place. And in fact, I feel like I want to do this because we've been in such a good place over this last few days or a week. So it's not coming from a negative place. It's coming from a much more positive place. Through him doing the work to identify those things can create not only a good conversation, but it, it, you can use that again as reassurance for her because she doesn't know. Uh, she doesn't know because she doesn't know what's going on inside of his mind. So the more he can share and clarify and explain and reassure, that can give her a sense of comfort knowing where he is because there's just more transparency and openness, which is, again, a big part of this healing process. So again, I hope this has been helpful. And I would encourage you guys as you are going through this process to start to identify, like we've talked about, where does this motivation come from? And using that as feedback, not only for yourself individually, but for the relationship as you're having conversations and being more transparent. So you can keep growing closer together and understanding more and more about each other, which again, just develops more closeness and connection and safety. So thank you again for being with me today. I look forward to, uh, to speaking with you again next week. Take care. Wait, before you go, I'm offering free access for my podcast listeners to a course I created. So make sure you go to coupleshealing.org so you can get some tools to start the healing process individually and in your relationship. Or if you want even more support and you'd like to work with me directly, you can contact me with the info that's on that website as well. I'm excited for you to make progress on your journey.